Good job. High five someone and tell them, come on. It's good to be at the hill. Come on, somebody. We're starting a new series today called Let's Get Practical. Touch, high five somebody and tell them it's time to get practical. Time to get practical. Time to get practical. We're in our annual uh, November advance series, kind of ending the year. And I was kind of thinking, like, what do, I, what do we want to preach on? I thought, I want to preach on something uh, for the next month, super, super controversial. So I thought about preaching on politics, but I thought, no, I want to be more controversial than that. So I'm going to talk on tithes and offerings. Come on, somebody. Uh, for the next few weeks, I'm super excited about it. Truly, uh, it's one of my favorite subjects to talk about. Uh, it's a little challenging to preach because anytime in church we start talking about money, people immediately think, Oh, great. They want my money. Come on, somebody. Oh, great. Oh, great. Now, so before I get into the next four weeks, I just want us all to understand, as a church, we're healthy. Come on, somebody. We're not, we're not struggling. We're not wondering, are we going to pay the light bill next month? Like, like, God has so blessed us. Amen. God has so blessed us. But here's the reality. The first level of faith is your finances. What does that mean? It means if I, if I can't trust God with my finances, I can't trust him to heal cancer. Come on, somebody. Like, like, I remember being like eight years old and um, it was my birthday and I told everybody I wanted money because I was going to buy a new basketball goal. Come on, somebody. I was eight. Don't judge me. It paid off. I went to play college ball for two weeks. Come on, somebody. I, so, I took, so everyone gave me, they gave me cash and I had like $82 saved up. And uh, I remember that morning, that Sunday morning, the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, I want you to give all, all the money you have saved up to the church today. So guess what I did? Not even a thought. I said, okay, because I trust God with my finances. So now when I've seen blind eyes open, come on, somebody. I know because my, my, my faith is there because the first level of faith is saying, I trust you with everything in my life, in, including my checkbook. Now, here's, here's the reality. As we get into this, um, it's important for us to understand, today specifically, to understand what the word stewardship means. Say stewardship. Stewardship literally means to take care of something that isn't yours. Anybody ever lease land uh, running cattle? We've done that before. You take care. You take great care. When, we, when I was running cattle, we took really good care of other people's land. Come on, somebody. Come on. Like the fence was better there than at my house. Anybody know what I'm saying, right? It's, it, stewardship means to take great care of something that isn't yours. Now, as we're in uh, this Let's Get Practical series, we have to understand that we believe we run to God's word when it talks about hope. We run, to, we believe what God's word says on healing. We believe what it says on heaven. We believe what God's word talks about when it talks about fear. But here's the reality. God's word talks about your money eight, over 800 times in scripture. It's the second most thing talked about in the entire word of God. Come on, somebody. You can't be quiet on me. Don't be nervous. We're going to have fun. Y'all, don't worry. I ain't taking an offering, an extra offering today. So we're going to have some fun. All right? But I, it's important for us to understand God cares about your money. Not because he needs it. Because you need it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. So as we open up, I want to have a little fun. There's three guys. Um, it was actually, it was Clinton and Scott and JR. They were getting together uh, last week, and they were saying, uh, Clinton looked at um, Scott and JR, and he said, guys, how do you guys take offering? Like, like, how do you know how much to give? And Scott, JR said, well, I draw a big old circle on the ground, like 50 feet. Big old circle. I cash my paycheck and I throw my money up in the air and whatever lands in the circles is mine and whatever falls outside, I, I go ahead and give to God. And Clinton said, I do it almost the exact same except for I draw like a, like a foot circle on the ground 
And I cash my paycheck and I throw it up and whatever lands in the circle, that I give to God. And everything that falls outside of it, I keep. And Scott was confused, y'all. It was hilarious watching. He said, I've been doing it wrong my whole life. They said, you've been doing it wrong? He says, yeah, I don't draw any circles at all. They said, well, how do you do it? He goes, well, I cash my paycheck like you said and I throw my money up in the air and I figure whatever God wants, he'll keep. <laughs> stewardship let's have some fun well let's let's look at Matthew 25 we're going to read real fast through this and we'll come back and we'll preach on it here's what it says for it be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property to one he gave five talents to another two to another uh, to another each one according to another one to each according to his ability and then he went away he rolled out and when he, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them and he made five talents more and so also he who had two talents made two more. But the one who had received one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, say a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came and said, look, you gave me five and look, I got five more. And the Lord and the master said to him, man, uh, any, uh, master, you delivered me five talents. I made my four. Next verse. And the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little bit. I'm going to make your master over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he went and the two talents came forward saying, master, you delivered me two talents and I've made two more. And he said the same thing to him. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'm going to set you master over, um, set you over much. Enter the joy of your master. He would receive the one talent came forward saying, master. I knew you were tough. I knew you were mean. I knew you were hard. Reaping where you didn't sow. Gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. So I went and I hid your talent in the ground, but here's what's yours. And his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I haven't sown and I gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has will be given more, and to he who ha and will have an abundance. But from him, from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And lastly, verse 30, and cast the worthless servant out into the outer darkness. In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's a whole lot there. Let's move through it. Verse 14, go back to verse 14. Literally, the owner gave his property to the servants. What is that? You guessed it, it's stewardship. The owner said, I'm going to give you something that you can't earn in and of yourself, and I want to see how you handle it. This is mine, but I'm going to give it to you to treat as if it was your own as long as you need to. Now, I, I earned this money, the master saying, it's mine, it's mine, this talent is mine, but I'm going to bestow it to you. I'm going to allow you to manage it for an undisclosed amount of time till I get back, and you can use it as if it was yours. The owner gave his property. He was saying, I'm going to help you start that business you were praying about. I'm going to help you buy that land you, that house you were praying about. I'm going to help you uh, invest in that, in that, in that event or, or whatever it is for you. He's saying, here's the business seed. I'm going to come back and check on you. Verse 15, I like this. Because as we read this, y'all immediately were like, well, that poor, that poor servant only got one talent. That's not fair. Right? Come on. You were thinking it. You were like, I know you were, because I was. Because I read it, I'm like, well, that's not really fair. Like, he gave one guy five, and one guy two, and one guy one. Like, that's not hardly fair if they're all his servants. But here's the thing. I love this, because it says he gave each one according to their or his ability. 
So he's saying, look, you're doing so good, Ashley. I'm going to give you these five talents. I'm going to give you these two talents, and I'm going to give you this one talent, Pastor Clinton. And it's not a slam. He's not saying, I don't love you. He's saying, I love you too much to give you more than you can handle. Come on, somebody. I love my, my babies so much. When we're in the field, and my, my, my Benny, who just turned three yesterday, three going on 86. Come on, somebody. I love, when we're in the field at, at the farm, I'm going to let him jump in the front seat and hang out with me. Is that, you can't do this, okay, officer? <laughs> got to catch it in the act. Allegedly. Allegedly, I'll let him. But how many of y'all know when we're on the highway, I love him too much than to allow him to handle something that could kill him. See, so the, the master wasn't being mean. He was saying, you're able at this point in life to handle five. I'm going to give you five. But here's the reality. In our lives, we're constantly comparing what others have to what we don't have. Versus being thankful for what God has given us. There's no comparison, guys, in the kingdom because the reality is it's a gift to each and every one of us. If you want more, earn more. That's, that was the moral of this story. If you want more, earn more, right? Be worthy of more. See, 10 years ago, God gave me a talent, right? And I couldn't carry a whole lot. But now I can carry more than I could back then. Am I right, somebody? Am I right? But look at what verse 16 and 17 say. He received five talents, went at once and traded with them. Say traded. He, he tra now that word traded in the Greek, I love it. Because you know what that word traded means? It literally means, I got to take this Mr. Rogers cardigan off, y'all. It was cute that I thought I could preach with a big old sweater on. You know what I mean? Now here's what, the word traded means to do work. He literally was like, the guy that got five talents was like, oh, I got to work with this. I, I got to work with what God's given me. I, I got to use it so that I can advance uh, myself and my family in the kingdom of God. I love this, guys. It's so good because God wants you to be active about his business. Well, I don't know, Pastor. I, I don't, you got some Bible for that? Jesus was 12 years old and his parents leave him and they lost Jesus. Can you imagine losing Jesus? Four days later, they come back, couldn't find him nowhere. And they're like, Jesus, you should have been with us. And Jesus says, didn't you know I'd be working the gift my daddy gave me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house, being about my father's business? Come on, somebody. See, the kingdom of heaven is not about consuming. It's about producing. It's about producing, uh, producing more. And, 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 and it's not just a money thing, guys. It's not just a giving thing. It is a money thing. It is a giving thing. But it's also a serving thing. It's also a discipleship thing. Guys, that's why we have Grow Track, so you can learn opportunities to serve within the kingdom of God. That's why we encourage hill groups, so that you can be discipled within the kingdom of God, and you come alive when you're a part of what God is doing. Can you grab me? There's a bag over there somewhere. You got it. Okay. What was a talent? Whose bag is this? I'm not going to hurt it, I swear. Okay, it's Glenn's. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> What was a talent? How many of y'all thought like a talent was like a, a, a coin? It's okay, because I did. I thought it was a, a, like some money. Like, like the master was like, here's a bunch of money. Here's a little money. And over here, there's a quarter for you to the one talent. Here's what a talent was. A talent was a weight. And on the weight, there was a handle. 
Now, the weight of the talent was the largest biblical unit of measurement concerning weight. The title of my sermon is, It's Worth the Weight. Come on, somebody. It was good. I thought it was clever. I thought it was clever. Not W-A-I-T. W-A. Come on, somebody. Anyhow, it's worth the weight. Now, here's the reality. When the master gave the first guy one, or the last guy one talent, that was 75 pounds. Okay. Now, here's what's dope about that. Here's what's cool about that. 75 pounds, the value of a talent would have been worth 6,000 days wages. Which is seven days a week, 16 and a half years. Or according to the, the, the U.S. Uh, average per person income, if he would have walked up with a talent in today's money, he would have walked up and said, I'm going to give you 511, half a million dollars. I was shocked. Y'all are like, yeah, big deal. I got, well, let's talk tithe. <laughs> <laughs> Half a million dollars, man. The master was like, gosh, I, I see something in you that you don't see in and of yourself. But if you can steward the gift that I'm going to give you, this can change your life, your children's life, and your children's children's life. This is a game changer. 16 and a half years. Here's where it gets crazy. To the guy that he gave two talents, it was 32 years or $992,000. To the guy he gave five talents was 82 years worth of wages and $2.54 million. The master was not like, here's a hundo, I'm going on vacation. He was not like, hey, go out and eat with your family, here's 50 bucks. He was like, hey, y'all feeling bad for the guy that got half a million. How many of y'all feel bad now? Y'all were like, that poor guy only got one. I don't get it. It's not fair. Half a million, I'll take it. Come on, somebody. Here's the reality. The master was like, here's, this can change your life. Here's half a million dollars. I want to use it. To, I want you to use it so it can be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Half a million. One talent was massive. No, no, no. Put that away. Quit hiding the talent. You slothful and lazy servant. We didn't plan that. That was right then. That was great. I was happy that happened. You can't, I wish, that, we, wish we would have planned it. Good job, Matt. Thank you for doing the thing you were not supposed to do. What was the talent? Say it again. Say it loud. Oh, wait. And, and it made me think, because see, the word says in Matthew, his burden is easy. And his yoke is light. I got you. He's saying, he's saying, if you'll trade weights with me. He's saying, listen, I got a weight for you. He's saying, I want to put some weight on your life. The problem is the weight you're trying to carry slows you down. But the weight that I want you to carry can accelerate your ministry, can accelerate your business, can accelerate your family. He says, yes, finances are a weight. But when you do it in my economy... The weight can cause you to operate in abundance, not in struggle. What was the talent? He says, I want to bless you with the weight of the kingdom of God. Whoa. Whoa. He says, it's heavy. What did the one servant do? He went and hid it. Don't hide your talent. Don't hide your weight. Don't, don't, hide, don't hide the gift that God's given you. Verses 19 through 23. Now, after a long time, say long time. 
The master of those servants came back. Now, I like this because I believe we got a master that's coming back. Come on, somebody. Soon and very soon. He's riding on a white horse. I feel a midnight cry. Come on, somebody. Anybody know that old song? I love it, y'all, because he's saying after a long, now, I, I studied this out. You know what after a long time means in the Greek? It's going to blow your mind. It literally means after a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it did. Time literally means time, whether short or long. Long means long. Yeah, I know. It's real revelatory. I like to think that it was 16 and a half years. I like to think that the master was like, it's been, it's been enough time that the talent should have produced. I'm past seed. I'm past time. We should be in the harvest. I'm curious what happened. And look what he says. He went to the guy that had five, and the guy with five says, Master, not only did you give me five, but it gained five more. And the guy with two said, Master, you gave me two talents, and it got you two more. Now, let's break this down. The first guy came, and he said, here's five million dollars. I thought you might clap. That's too late. Thank you. <laughs> and the other guy was, was almost $2 million. Like, it's a lot of money. That's a lot. And I love the master's response. Matt, hand me the $5 million. Yeah. Matt's worried right now that I'm going to make fun of him. <laughs> they hand him the $5 million and the master goes, oh, you did so good with that little bit. Isn't that what he says? You've been faithful over a little bit. Here's where we get it wrong. We think when it comes to finances, it's about amounts. It's all a little bit to a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The, the stewardship is never about the amount. It's about faithfulness and obedience. It was never a dollar issue in the kingdom of God. It's always a heart issue in the kingdom of God. See, he's going, oh, boss, you gave me two and a half. I got you five. This is so good. And the master's like, oh, that's so cute. Good job. It's like when my, when my, when my little ones make me, like a, make me a card and they color on it, and it's so cute, right, because it scribbles everywhere. But if you're 35 and you bring that to me, it's not cute anymore. It's kind of, right? See, the master was like, the servant was like, look what I did. And the master was like, I'm not, impressed that you, I'm not impressed with what you gained. I'm impressed with your heart, your, heart, uh, your heart and your work ethic. You traded for it. You worked with what I've given you. And he likes the way you work it. Come on, somebody. You want your marriage to be blessed, work it. You want your job to be blessed, work it right? You want your family to be blessed, work it. You want your hobbies to be good and beneficial, work it. And just like that, if you want your finances to be blessed, work it. That's the kingdom principle that he's going through here, right? So, so let me give you an example. My, my three-year-old going on 86, he's opinionated. He rarely thinks he's wrong. <laughs> he's three, like, he, he can talk in complete sentences, but that's about it. They're not always, they don't always make sense. And, like, the other day, like, I get a six-pack of donuts because I like chocolate donuts, and so does he. If you ever see Benny and you want to win his heart, give him a donut. I promise. You'll be his best friend. Like, I give him a donut. He's like, Daddy, you my best friend. But he's just playing me, and I know it. He don't care. He loves his mom. He just wants the donut. Anyhow. 
he comes up, and I'm like, Benny, you want a donut? He's like, oh, yes, Daddy, that would sound wonderful. <laughs> it's, it's the way he talk, that is the way he talks. Um, and so I give him the donut, and what's he do? He throws it to the dog. I'm like, listen here, boy. That's my donut. <laughs> Don't give my dog the donut. And then he's like, Dad, can, uh, Snoop, I can have another donut. And I'm like, no. Get your own donut. That's my donut. And he's like, but Daddy, I want another donut. I'm like, tough. Talk to your mom. She's your favorite. <laughs> I'm eating the other five. I don't own the cattle on a thousand hills or all the donuts in the donut shop. All I got is six. And if you're going to waste what I'm trying to give you, I'm not going to give you any more. Pause. Not that I feed my kid tons of donuts. I just need some parent, healthy parent here to know. <laughs> my point is this. If you're going to feed the blessing that I want to give you to the dog... And for that person getting over spiritual saying, even the dogs eat off the master's table. I understand that. I'm not talking about a story. I'm talking about a practical example in my life. If you're going to give my donut to my dog, I'm cutting you out the process. This is the stewardship thing. God's like, I want to bless you. I'm not impressed by the amount. I want to bless you. Look at what he says. You did it so well. Good job. But you thought five million wasn't much? Oh, whew, you ain't seen nothing yet. Enter in. I'm going to set you over five millions a lot. But he's saying that's little. The master says, I am going to blow your mind and I am going to set you over a ton of stuff. Wow. Whoa. And I love what he says next. Enter into the joy of your master. He's saying it. God is saying it is my joy to bless you. It is my joy when I'm, in, when I'm going to get the gas and I go by the little Debbie counter and I pick up a six pack of donuts for my son. Come on, somebody. And I go home and with those six donuts, it's my joy to say, Benny, I love you. Here you go. And when he eats them and there's chocolate all over his face, I'm happier than he is. Here's the reality. It's the master's joy to bless you when you steward well what he's already given you. But if we don't steward well, even what we have, we're taken away. Is that not, did I not read it? Am I lying? Somebody's lying. Come on, somebody. Verse 24. He says, man, I'm, I so want to bless you to the five and to the two. It's my heart to bless you. I'm so pumped and proud of you. And the one servant comes up and he's like, I was thinking about this. Can you imagine being the one servant? Like he shows up and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Where did I put that $500,000? Like, <laughs> I'm picturing this. And the servant comes, the master comes up. He's like, hey, where's that half a mil? And he's like, what had happened was, <laughs> I have every excuse as to why I hid it. But I got to thinking, where did he hide it? It says in fear he hid it. So we know why, and he gives a few more reasons. But we know why. Why was fear? The question is where? So I started thinking, where do you hide your talent? Some of us hide it in past hurt. Some of us hide it in lack of faith. Some of us hide it in distrust. Some of us hide it in confusion. Some of us hide it in frustration. Some of us hide it in, in distractions. Doesn't matter where, the reality is we're all hiding some talents from God. 
And he knows where they're at. But for whatever, see, fear has a way of getting you all turned around. Fear has a way of wanting you to do things that you shouldn't do, especially regarding your finances. I can be, I can preach this stuff so authentically because I've lived it my whole life. And just even a few years ago, I had a guy come up to me and he said, he, go, he went to another church and he said, hey, um, I have this job and it's going to make a ton of money. And I want to give the, the, the tithe on that to you and your church. And I said, you want my opinion? I said, it's your money. You do what you want. But you want my opinion as a pastor? He said, yeah. I said, I don't want your tithe. I don't want it. So I told him, and it was a substantial, when I say substantial, it was a substantial amount of money. I said, your tithe belongs in your church. So I told him, and he looked at me kind of confused. And then he said, I really appreciate that. I really appreciate what he was saying was, I really appreciate the authenticity that you have for the word, not what, it, what you get out of it. See, stewardship, guys, it's his anyhow. We're taking care of what he's bestowed upon us, and we want to steward it well. So I told that friend, I said, you need to sow it into your church. Now, your offerings, you give where you want. So I told him, but your tithe? Now, if you want to double that and give it to me, I'll take it. Come on, somebody. But the first part, the first tithe, it needs to go to your pastor and your church. That's what I told him. Here's the reality. We don't know, we know why, we don't know where he buried it, but here's what we know. It's work either way. It's work either way. It's work whether you bury it or it's work whether you, you, you use it. Now the master came home after a long time. I believe, my own opinion, I believe, again I say it, it was 16 and a half years. First guy had 5 million, second guy had 4 million. He says, that's nothing, I'm going to blow your mind. And the other guy shows up and he's like, I hid your money. You ever read this story and thought, why was the master so angry? Because at least it wasn't gone. Here's the reality. The master would have rather him worked it and lost it than devalued it. What do you mean devalued it? 16 and a half years. I don't know. Long time. We don't know if that was, if I see someone after one year, I don't say, wow, it's been a long time. If I see him after seven, I'm like, wow, it's been a long time. After one, it's good to see you. Come on, somebody. After a long time, it's a long time. So we don't know, but for, for the sake of argument and, and because of our text, let's say it was 16 and a half years. And he said, Master, look, the, 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 the talent, the half a million you gave me 16 and a half years ago, here it is. And he said, what are you doing? You wicked and lazy servant. That's what he says. Did I, am I reading it right? Is that what he said? He said, you wicked and lazy servant. Guys, purely because of inflation, the half a million was worth less. Half a million 16 years ago could do a lot more than half a million could do. How many of y'all house shop lately? Come on, somebody. Go see Jen. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all, really? Like now, stuff is a lot more expensive. So the master is saying, my goodness, what was worth half a million a few years ago is worth so much less. What he was saying is, he was saying, you've devalued. It's not, you're not giving me what I gave you. You're giving me less. You've devalued the talent or the gift that God has given you and tried to bless you with. He was saying, quit. Why, why was the servant angry? He wasn't angry. He wasn't angry because there wasn't two talents at that point. He was angry because 
the servant allow fear to control his stewardship. And I got to thinking how many of us allow fear to control our stewardship. Gosh, but I don't really know that I can afford to give and tithe. You can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. Here's the reality. Right? Here's the reality. Now, what was the talent? Huh? A what? So what, what he's saying in this story is, when you use your talent or your gifts or the things God, when you work, traded, when you work in the king, when you work with the kingdom of God, when you work with the gifts or the talents God's given you, the more weight you carry in the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying. I think he's talking more about legacy than he is situations. I think he's saying, I want your children to get this. I want your children's children to get this. Let's wait. How'd he give them? Each one. Each one according to his ability. He was saying, you can handle five and you can handle two and you can handle one. It was, he never said, man, I wish you were better because then you could. No, no, no. He never compares you to me or anybody else. Can you imagine if we all had to be compared to Donna? Ain't nobody going to heaven if Donna was the standard. Am I right? If you don't know her, take five seconds and you'll, you'll, give it, you'll answer an altar call. That or she'll prophesy over you. Either way, there's an <laughs> Here's the reality. He's not comparing you to me or you to your neighbor. He's comparing you to the ability he's given you. He's not saying, well, Bo got five and, and, and he got ten and you only got one and, and you, didn't, you only got one more. He's saying, how did you steward the gift that I gave you? How are you stewarding the job that I've given you? How are you steward the finances that I've given you? Each according to his ability. About four years ago, I was in my office and I'm praying. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, son, you got to get better. And that hurt my feelings. Can I just be real? I usually would say, can I be honest? But then that makes it sound like I would lie at other times. <laughs> I'm never going to lie to you. I was like, can I just be real? I was like, God, what do you mean get better? <laughs> I said, I'm working seven days a week. I know some of y'all thought I worked one day a week. There is more. I said, God, I'm working seven days a week. I'm work I, I, I don't have enough time for my kids and my family. And I'm working. I, it's nonstop. And I'm working so hard. And I'm talking to God. And I'm saying, it's not. I'm working so. How can I get better? I'm working so hard. And the Lord said, son, you've missed it. I didn't say work harder. I didn't say work more. He said, I want you to get better. Can I say it like this? I want you to steward better. In my busyness, in my busyness to work and to do all the things that God had shown us to do, in my effort, I was burying the very thing God was wanting to bless. He was saying, son, you're burying what you're called to steward in the dirt called busyness. Where are you bearing the talent, the value, the finances that God has given you? He said, I need you to get better. That's what he said. He said, because for you to contain, the hill to contain what I want to pour out, you got to grow. So then I went from depressed to excited. 
Because I realized his, his, his point at me wasn't that I wasn't good. It's that he saw more in me than I saw in myself. He always sees more in you than you see in yourself. And he says, I want to bless you with this stuff. But if I'm going to bless you, you've got to grow to contain it. Because I don't want to give you one talent. I want to give you five. And when you handle the five, I'm going to look at you and say, way to go with that little bit. But you ain't seen nothing yet. Enter into, it's my joy. Son, it's my joy. Daughter, it's my joy, the Lord says, to bless you if you steward well. So I had to realize I had to let some stuff go. I had to change some systems. I had to quit being a pastor that did everything. I'm not that guy. I can't be that guy, right? Because that's a bad steward. And, and, and I realized after a year of that, I realized, okay, I can't be the guy that does everything for everybody. And I had to change. I had to allow God to change the way I saw things. And since then, we've planted three other campuses. Come on, somebody. And since then, and we're going to talk more about this in the weeks to come. But and since then, we're, we, we help feed every day 200,000 kids. Every day we're helping feed. And since that day, we're planting churches overseas. And, and since that day, guys, since that day, we're sending pastors to pastor other. From our house, we're sending people to pastor at other churches. Come on, somebody. Listen, listen. Just this year alone, we've seen over 100 people make decisions for Jesus. My, my point isn't boasting in, in bow or boasting in the hill. It's saying, when we steward, when we steward what God's given us, band, come help me out. When we steward what God's given us, he can do more than we could ever imagine. When we, man, I feel like preaching. Come on, somebody. Come on. When we steward the talent that he's given us, he can blow our mind with it. What's your point? Here's my point. The series advance. We're just simply saying this, step up. If you've never served, try it once. You'll love it. Our volunteer coordinator was shouting me down right there. I heard her. I heard her. Thank you, Miss Julie. Go see Julie. And she's going to say, join Grow Track. Come on, somebody. If you've never served, try it once. If you've never shared your faith with someone publicly, try it once. Even if they don't want to hear it, you'll be blessed by it. If you've never prayed with someone in public, try it once. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna say, I'm not gonna say that it's successful every time, but try it once. Try it. Try it once. If you've never given, try it once. If you've given but never tithed. Meaning a tithe means a tenth. If you've never given a percent, God, I'm gonna trust you with a percent of what you've given me. Try it once. Try it once. And if you tithe and, and God's dealing your heart to give offerings, try it once. I'm not saying this because we're hurting, because we're not. I'm saying this because I am a result. Like my wife and I's life is a result of this. I could tell you stories that six years ago as a church, we were taking in 8,000 a month. Some of y'all make more than that a week. That's what we were taking as a church a month. And I came to our church and I said, we have to start tithing. And we can't afford to. Because if we give the 10% this month, we'll be red. Here's what I told the, the church board. I said, but either we trust God or we don't. And since that day, we've never looked back. Come on, somebody. 
Our, since that day, we've never looked back, and our income has been greater, and our outreach has been greater, and our inreach has been greater, and our influence, global influence has been greater. Guys, I'm just telling you, when we steward what God's done, everything can change. So what's your point? Why do we talk tithe? Because there's cities that need a spirit-filled church where, where, where a lost person can find hope in Jesus Christ. And we have the solution to that. That's why we tithe. That's why. That's why we do these things. Here's what I'm saying. I believe in this so much. I told our, I told our board, I said, here's what I want to do. I want to challenge people to steward well what God's given them. I want to challenge them and say, try it 90 days. Try it 90 days. Tithe faithfully 90 days. If it doesn't work, come to us. We'll write you a check and give you your money back. I thought someone might like that. That don't work at the restaurant. I can't go to the restaurant and say, that didn't taste good. I want my money back. Come on, somebody. But that's how much we've seen it work. Now, not, don't feel pressured. We're not doing this right now. I'm just saying over the next, next month, it'll bless your life the next month as we talk about this. I can't wait. Next week, we're talking about widows, windows, and wells. I thought it was clever. Week after that, we're gonna, and we're going to be sharing stories all month long, testimonies all month long of what God has done when people begin to just say, God, I trust you. I want to steward well what you've given me so I can have the joy, so that the, the, the joy of the Father can pour out on your life. So, so not today, but for the next three weeks, I just want you to pray and say, God, what can I do? How can I step up? Would you bow your heads as we sing?
and I can expand the kingdom of God every day. And today, maybe, maybe you have heard the word and God is doing a work in your heart and it's not about money, but it's about a relationship. Maybe this morning it's all you can think about is knowing him more, putting your weight on what he can do in your life. Maybe today you want to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. Maybe today you're watching online and that's your case. You're traveling or in your hotel room or in your car. This morning, can we just take a second with nobody looking around and if that's you and you want to know Jesus on a personal level, can we just, can we say a prayer just corporately right now? Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for me. I ask forgiveness for the sin in my life. I invite you into my heart and I want to live for you forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Anybody, anybody pray that for the first time or for the first time in a little while today? Just lift your hand up. Thank you. Yeah, let's, let's give a shout. Thank you for the people online that are watching and those hands are up. That's amazing. Come on, we can do better than that. The kingdom of God was just affected. Amen. Amen. Now on a let's get practical side of things as the finance guy for the church, when I hear things like, hey, give money for 90 days and we're going to pay our bills and then when it doesn't work out, I'm going to give it all back to you. But you see, I don't have a problem with that as the person who writes the bills because I know that the God that I serve that has shown up checks in my mail when it wasn't even feasible or possible, I know that as you give to God, as you say, I'm going to stand on His Word and I'm going to give to Him, that it'll be more and abundant to you than ever before and you won't have to come back and ask for your money because you will be, you'll, you'll come back with the biggest smile on your face because a son or a daughter who had been lost for so long, all of a sudden your phone rings and he says, hey mom, can I come to church with you this Sunday? Why, because it's not about the dollars that you give out and the dollars that come in. It's about the blessings of God that comes with a biblical truth of following into his word, amen? pray for you this morning. God, I'm thankful for this family here this morning. God, I pray that as we understand that you've given us things in our life to steward well, God, I pray that we would just be so willing to step into the work in our lives that you are doing. That we would give our, our time to serve, we would give our our talents that you've blessed us with to sing and to play instruments and to greet people and to to run sound and to run audio and to to, to run coffee bar to, to to pour coffee with a smile on our face as you blessed us with money that that got it with the job that we have whether it's uh, two dollars a week or two thousand a week God that we would follow your principle God I pray blessings over those who do God I pray that as we make decisions today to stand in your word and tithe. God, that you just begin to pour out blessings. 
to the business owner, to the employee, to the widow, to the to the one who doesn't seem possible. God, would you just would you begin to bless them as they step out the talents that you've given? Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm excited to see what God's going to do in a house full of people that are willing to follow.